I'm not pulling out of the driveway. We all know what that means. It's time for the drive to work at home edition. So I'm actually back home. Uh, I recently was in Spain, in Barcelona, for Magicon Barcelona. So today, I'm going to talk all about my trip. So um, now for starters, I used, to, I used to travel to Europe all the time. Um, back in the days that I was going to all the pro tours, we had a lot of pro tours there. And uh, there was a point where I was like every year traveling to Europe. Um, the last time I think I traveled to Europe was in 2019. I went to London. There was an event in London. Um, but then the pandemic hit, and um, well, I've done a little bit of traveling in the States. Uh, this was my first trip back to Europe since the pandemic. Um, so there were four Magicons this, uh, in 2023, um, and I, I was able to go to two, to two of them. And so uh, one of them was Philadelphia. That was the first one of the year. And then one of them was Barcelona. Um, I really wanted to go to Barcelona because, I, like I said, I haven't been to Europe and you know, we're trying to establish magic cons in Europe. And so anyway, I wanted to go. Um, so <laughs> let me walk you through my time. So um, I had uh, a lengthy flight, I think a 10-hour flight to Amsterdam and then a flight from Amsterdam, like a two-hour flight to uh, Barcelona. So a, a long trip. Um, uh, and the way it worked was I showed up on Wednesday. So the event is Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Um Originally, the plan was I was actually going to be um, in uh, Game Nights Live was the original plan, but then my schedule didn't work out, and I had to drop out at the last minute, so um, I wasn't able to do it. One day, one day I will. Um, okay, so the event was held at a... Oh, so I showed up on Wednesday so that I could uh, adapt, and um, normally uh, Thursday's run-through for different things so that we could do the run-throughs. Um, uh, I had three panels that I had been asked to do, so I will run through all those panels. Um, and then the site was um, – it was a pretty big site. Uh, it was it was very hot uh, there. It was in the 80s uh, when we were there. Um, and the site was – it was one basically large, very, very large uh, convention space. And in it uh, – let's see – at one end, there was the Pro Tour, uh, and then near the Pro Tour was some casual play space, and there was, like, a, uh, a little area for content creators. Uh, then there was a bunch of stages that were color-coded, white through black, uh, white through uh, green. So there was a white, sta- like, a white section, a blue section, a black section, a red section, a green section. That's where all the tournaments were run, I mean, other than the Pro Tour, obviously. That was where all the events were run. Um, then... There was an area for dealers. There was a bunch of uh, different places for people selling magic themes and cards and stuff. Um, and then there was an area that was um, – it was a, uh, inspired by Lord of the Rings. It was a Lord of the Rings um, area. There was like a little section for the Shire and there was a birthday cake for Bilbo's 111th birthday. Uh, and then there was the area uh, – the elves uh, – um, that was that it. There, so it was a and then there was one section where uh, there was elf. There was uh, one section where you could see um the weather light that you can post in front of the weather light, and there's a se- separate section that had a um uh Elsbeth hanging from the 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 sky uh angel Elsbeth. Um, then there was a stage where a lot of deep events. All my panels were on the stage. 
Uh, and then there was a store where you could buy merchandise. And uh, the way that MagicCon's work is there's a bunch of merchandise that are unique to MagicCon. And usually each event makes some stuff that's unique to that event. Uh, in this particular one, I know they had a local artist make one of the shirts and had a pair of matching shorts you could buy. Um, and the main theme of Barcelona was um, – the main theme was Lord of the Rings. So there were a lot of Lord of the Rings shirts. Um, so anyway, a lot of cool magic merch. Um, now, what happened was the on Thursday, the, the air condition wasn't even on on Thursday. It was very hot. Uh, but even on Friday – uh, Saturday and Sunday, the, the days of the event, um, there's a law in, uh, for sure in Spain, maybe it's all of Europe, that there's a lot of cons- conservation issues going on. So, like, they could only cool it down to, like, 80 degrees or something. So, it was still pretty hot. Um, uh, I broke out my jorts, my jean shorts, and so, uh, and I had my magic shirts and stuff. Um... Okay, so Thursday was practice day. Like I said, I had three panels to do. And so um, I had the three panels I had to do were there's a preview panel that I did with Gavin and Ovidio, who's one of our art directors, uh, previewing uh, Lord, uh, sorry, uh, Wilds of Eldraine, um, uh, Lost Caverns of Ixalan, Doctor Who. Uh, there was a solo panel I did uh, that was me telling stories. Uh, and then there was a panel that I did with uh, Glenn, Glenn Jones and um, Lady Danger that talked about how we um, adapted magic for Lord of the Rings, how we made Lord of the Rings into a set. Uh, so on Thursday, it was practice day. And so I did a run through of my previews. Um, I did some technical checks with my personal thing. Uh, we didn't actually meet. We had done some stuff before we got there for the Lord of the Rings. We had done a full Lord of the Rings, so we didn't end up doing a Lord of the Rings on Thursday. We had we had done it before, um, and also just to get a sense of everything where everything was at, and you know that um, there were a bunch of rooms for wizards and stuff. So I, you know, if, when I had press stuff, know where the press things were. So anyway, I, I sort of get accustomed a, a, a to everything. So Thursday and. Also, there's a nine-hour time difference between Seattle and um, Barcelona. So, like, I had to get adjusted. It was, you know, I had to adjust myself. So, I had the full day to get adjusted. Okay. Uh, so, come Friday is the event. Um, so, uh, the first thing I did each morning uh, was... So, the there you can buy what's called a Black Lotus ticket, which is sort of the VIPs of the event. Uh, and the Black Lotus, there's a a little breakfast gathering in the morning. Uh, and so one of the things that I did is every morning I would go uh, to the VIP room and chat with uh, the Black Lotus folks. Um, uh, on the first day, mostly I just like said hi to everybody because I hadn't met anybody before. Um, overall, there were less Black Lotus people. The, the whole tournament, it's the first time we were in Europe, and so... Um, the U.S., the, there's usually more people in the U.S. right now than in the European ones. I think with time, maybe that'll change. But um, part of doing uh, the events early on is getting people used to what the events are. And there's a lot of um, – the last big events that Magic used to do were like the Grand Prix. And these are a little bigger. These are more convention than the Grand Prix had been. Uh, so anyway, just getting people used to what they are. So anyway, first thing I do is I go – and I, um, I just schmoozing, uh, and I talked to people and, and said hi, and uh, so it was in the VIP room. Then 
I go around the hall and then I, I, I sort of schmooze in the larger hall so I can meet um, the non-VIPs who are at the event and sort of walk through and talk to everybody. And, um, you know, uh, one of the things I like to do when I go to events uh, is I just like to meet as many people as I can. I like to talk to people. I sign things. I take pictures. Um, and it's fun to me. It's fun just walking around the hall and just having people see me and get excited and then, you know, just sort of impromptu, impromptu gatherings. Uh, as you'll see, uh, we do set up some time for less impromptu stuff, but um, it is fun to sort of walk around. And I can see the pro, like the, so meanwhile, let me mention the Pro Tour real quickly. I wasn't involved in the Pro Tour at all. So at one end of the tournament hall was the Pro Tour. Uh, that was, it was like Pro Tour, I don't know, Lord of the Rings? I'm not sure what they, they called it, a Pro Tour Barcelona. Um, anyway, they were playing. Uh, I think they did modern and they did uh, draft with Lord, Lord of the Rings. Um, so anyway, that was going on the whole weekend. You know, there was the whole slew of people dedicated to that. Um, There's a lot of fun stories from that. I know Kai Buda did really well, made top eight, you know, long time uh, pro. And anyway, a lot of fun stories. But that, so the whole weekend, while all the stuff I'm talking about was going on, there was an entire pro tour going on and that was happening. Um, also, there were a lot of, um, we invite a lot of different uh, content creators. And so um, some of them uh, had stuff on the stage. Uh, some of them, we had a section that was near the end that was near the Pro Tour uh, where they could sit and they could play people so people could come and play with their favorite um, content creators. Um, and there also was a signing area. Uh, I, I did that, I'll get to in a second. But uh, we made sure people could come meet their, you know, their their favorite magic celebrities and they can get signatures and greet them and stuff like that. Um, okay, then, so the first big thing I had to do was after, uh, I, did a, I did do a signing. So I did a signing. So people came up and I signed mats and cards and a few people had me make tokens and uh, I posed for a lot of pictures. Um, and I had a chance to talk to everybody. So one of the things that I really enjoy, one of my favorite things, maybe my favorite thing uh, of MagicCons is um, a lot of my interaction with the public is online. Um, and it's not that there isn't, there is plenty of positivity online, but online is mixed with a lot of negativity. Uh, it is the nature of social media, uh, and it's been a trend. I mean, it's, it's getting meaner over the years. Um, but anyway, one of the nice things about being at a live event is the amount of just pure positivity. Uh, I mean, the number of people that came up to me, and we're talking hundreds of people who are just like, hey, here's what magic means to me. Here's the way that magic's made my life better. I met people through it, or I had some area where it just helped me, or what. just lots and lots of people talking about how magic just meant something to them or means something to them. Um, and that... You know, as someone who has spent all my time making magic, it is really nice to, you know, to hear people talk about it, to see people enjoying it. Just, they're just, one of the great things about MagicCon is just watching all the people enjoying magic. Uh, and that has been, that's just fun. It's one of my favorite things about going to MagicCons is just sort of soaking all that up and, and getting a chance to meet people and to talk to people and hear about what they're excited about and stuff like that. You know, it's, um, you know, a lot of my job fundamentally is making all of you happy. Uh, and the way to do that is to talk to all of you and like, what do you want? And there's lots of people that want lots of different things. So, um, and, and it's just fun to meet different people and see all the different people playing and, 
anyway, okay. So I did a signing. Um, and then right after the signing, uh, I had a panel. So my first panel on Friday, or the only panel I had on Friday, I had three panels, one each day. My Friday panel was, um, my Friday panel was the preview panel. So the way it worked is the three of us went out. Um, so the first section was, we talked about Lost Caverns of Ixalan. Uh, mostly this was a video talking. A video was the art director for it. And, um... He's originally from Guatemala, and and a lot of the stuff that he like, he was making a set where it was his own, you know, the, the his own culture, and that the joy of sort of bringing that to magic, and you know, that's one of the fun things is we like to explore a lot of different cultures for inspiration, but having people that are literally making it from that culture is awesome. Um, we try to do that as much as we can. Uh, we have a lot of consultants and things, but all, it's nice also when the, the people making it come from a place of, look, this is something that I know and understand and I want to design something that's awesome. So anyway, a video talked about Lost Caverns Ixalan. Um, oh, I explained, uh, the, the one, one part I explained is that um, we're calling, uh, what we're calling um, the Lost of Ixalan is what I'm calling a backdrop set, which means that we're going back to Ixalan, but it's not the mechanical definition of Ixalan from the first time we were there. We are going to do a different mechanical expression, but the world, the backdrop, is a world you already know. And so there will be dinosaurs and pirates and vampires and merfolk, but it's not uh, a typal set. It's not a faction set built around types. That, that's not what the mechanically is. It's an underground world, um, and we, we showed a whole bunch of pictures, and not only is it underground, but part of the tropes of underground world is sort of a lost city, where there's a city beneath the world, and so uh, the sky is rock, essentially, although it, it looks more like sky. Um, but anyway, we, we showed a bunch of pictures, and a video talked very passionately about all the cool things that went into it, and we showed off some, there's some gods, and anyway, we showed off lots of cool pictures. There's angels and all sorts of cool stuff. Okay, the next section was Gavin talking about the thing that he loved, uh, which is Doctor Who. So um, Gavin had is a long, long time Doctor Who fan. In fact, he was dressed in the panel uh, like the tenth Doctor, I believe. Um, anyway, he was in charge. He led the set, and it's been a passion project of his. And so he got a finally. Uh, the previous week at San Diego Comic-Con, he had shown off the, the first batch of cards, but here he got to show off a whole bunch of more cards. And so Gavin got to walk through and show off some cards and talk about the set. Uh, and, and he was very excited watching Gavin talk about, um, generally Gavin's excited, but more so than normal. Um, so anyway, he talked all about Doctor Who. Then the third section was my section talking about Wilds of Eldraine. Uh, and basically what I sort of explained was um, we just had a giant capstone event set uh, kind of like you know, uh, War of the Spark had been with, with Martian Machines. And after War of the Spark, we said, you know what? We need a breather. And we went to Th- Eldraine. So we were looking for another place to have a breather. Like, you know, it's a good place. Eldraine. So we went went back there. And so um, while the Eldraine, the thing I said is it's it's the ramifications of the Phyrexian War lay heavily on the world. Uh, the king and queen are dead. Um, Rowan and Will have been disparked. Uh, a good chunk of the kingdom is asleep because of the Wicked Slumber, a spell they used that has like a Sleeping Beauty-like quality to it that they used to stop um, the Phyrexians. Uh, so, you know, there's a new mysterious character named Kellen that's doing stuff. So there's a, there's a lot going on. I talked about um, adventures were coming back, food was coming back, um, 
and I mentioned that we are leaning a little bit more into the fairy tales. The 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 kingdoms took the brunt of the attack from the Frexians, and so we're going out. Um, so what that means is the first set of Thorn Eldraine, the majority of cards were actually based on on you know the um, the sort of Arthurian influence, and fairy tales were a smaller portion. We kind of flip flopped them. They're both still in the set, but this set is a little more of a fairy tale influence. For example, the ten archetypes that you're drafting are uh, all fairy tales based like each is based on a fairy tale. So, you know, white blue is the snow queen, blue black is sleeping beauty and such. And so we talked a bit about that. Anyway, um, we showed off uh, a few new cards or the first cards we'd shown off. We showed a whole bunch of pictures. Um, the goose Hydra we learned is from Eldraine. Oh, and, and the creature with the dinosaur hand. Uh, that was one of the gods from, um, Lost Cavern. So, uh, remember at San Diego Comic-Con, I showed off eight images. So, two of the images uh, paid off in, in this one. The other six would happen uh, at um, Gen Con. But that's, that's another podcast. Okay, so after that, um, I then had a run an event. I ran, uh, once again, this is for the Black Lotus folks, I ran an unevent. Um, and so, what it was is they were playing with Infinity, and then each round... Uh, was based on an unset. So there was an unglued round, an un- a hinge round, and an unstable round. And each one of those introduced a special ability. For the unglued round, you could spend two mana as a sorcery to um, squish two creatures together, kind of like the BFM. So everything combined between them when you squish them together, power, toughness, their text boxes, their names, their artists, everything squished together. Uh, you could do that once per game. Uh, and then in the unhinged one, we gave everybody uh, three booster packs. And then once per game, you can spend two mana as a sorcery to booster tutor, open up a booster pack and take a card. And then in the unstable round, uh, uh, for two mana, once per turn at sorcery, uh, you could log on to Ask Urza, the Urza, the headless headbafter. Um, and you hit the minus one. He has three abilities. You hit the minus one ability. And so you got, you got one of those abilities once per game. Uh, for two mana. Um, anyway, so what happened was we had some technical difficulties at the event. Uh, I don't even know what they were, but I, I know that we had, like, they're like, um, we're going to be delayed by like 45 minutes. So I just did a Q&A for 45 minutes. So uh, people ask questions and I answer questions. Um, and then we ran the event. Uh, the event, like I said, it was three rounds long. It was lots of fun. People said they had a great time. Um, anyway, and so that... Uh, at the end of that, that was my last responsibility on Friday. Uh, but that event ended up being, uh, with all the delays, about six hours. So it was a, it was a long event once everything finished. Um, although that that's six hours is from the very beginning of the event to the last person finishing. So not everybody was there that long. Um, okay, then uh, we move on to Saturday. So Saturday, um, my panel for Saturday... Uh, which I think was the first thing I did with my panel for Saturday, was um, in uh, Las Vegas, I had done a panel called Picture That, where I took 30 different pictures of myself from Magic's history and then just told stories about the history of Magic in the, of the 30 years of stories. So I wanted to do another thing that basically was like, here's stories from 30 years of Magic, and I wanted to do another, like, pick 30 things and tell 30 stories. So this one was called How Trivial, and what I did was I, um, I asked 30 trivia questions, and then I let people guess. The audience could yell out what they thought was the right answer, and then I would tell them the answer and then tell a story associated with it. Um, 
my picture of that from Vegas was a little more behind the scenes. Sorry, a little more about the people and stuff. Uh, this one was a little more about the making of magic. Um, you know, like what was the card we printed that wasn't at the, the mana cost? We meant to print it at, stuff like that. Anyway, I forgot to mention this. All the podcasts, not podcasts, all of the panels I'm talking about uh, are on are online. So if you want to see the preview panel that's online, you want to see my trivia column that's online, the Lord of the Rings was online. So all of those are online on YouTube if you want to see them. Okay, so I did that panel. It went very well. Um, then after that, I did another signing so people could come and get stuff signed. Uh, and then after that... Um, I guess, sorry, I forgot. At the beginning of the day, I did the breakfast thing like I'd done the, the day before. And then after the breakfast thing, I, I, every day I would go do the breakfast thing, schmooze with VIP folk, and then I would go uh, wander the hall and just meet people around the hall. Um, after my signing, I was able to hit the hall a little bit more. Um, and I was able to, there's there some other panels. I was able to watch a few other panels. Um, anyway, and then I think that was Saturday. So Sunday, um, same thing. I went and did breakfast. Then I sort of uh, went around the hall. So I, the, the morning was most meeting, greeting with people. Um, my panel on Sunday was a Lord of the Rings panel about the making of Lord of the Rings. Um, I had been on the vision design team. It was led by Ben Hayes. And then Glenn Jones was the set lead uh, for the set. Um, Glenn is no longer at Wizards, but he came for this event because it was his baby and he really wanted to talk about it. So, um, one of the cool things, then you can watch the, watch the video to see all the actual details. Um, one of the things we really focused on was like, what were the challenges of making Lord of the Rings? Um, and the, the, the biggest challenge that I talked about was that when we make a magic set, we have a lot of flexibility. If we need something for a set, um, I can go to the creative team and say, I need you to add this to the world or change the world. And, um, you know, the classic example I gave during the panel was when I was making Innistrad, I realized I needed werewolves to be red and green. And they they were in green, but they weren't in red. So I had to go to the creative team and go, I need red werewolves. And like, what does that mean? And we talked it through, but then they made red werewolves. Um, when you're working with uh, an existing license, you know, you know, for example, Lord of the Rings, it exists. There's no changing Middle-earth. Middle-earth is Middle-earth. And so one of the challenges of making a magic set is you don't have the ability to change things. You have to sort of make do with what does exist. So the two examples where we ran into problems in Lord of the Rings, I mean, we solve these, but one was there weren't a lot of flying creatures, just not a lot of things in the stories fly. Um, and the things did not balance evenly color-wise. And there was less blue things than there were the other colors. Um, and part of that was talking about how do we balance things? How do we make blue work out? We chose to make elves part blue because it, it flavorfully made sense. We pushed more of the sort of scoundrels into blue. Um, you know, the, the tricksters were a little more blue. Um, and anyway, the same with flying. We just sort of figured out what all existed that could fly. Uh, also, the ring mechanic, which had a unblockability built into it, uh, was used to add some of the unblockability that wasn't coming from flying so that, you know, we offset it that way. Um, but anyway, one of the fun things about it, if, if you go and listen, is um, that there's there's a lot of neat and individual decisions. Um, you know, we talked through how we decided how many versions of characters to make. We ended up doing uh, two of the major characters and three of, 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 
a, a few specific few characters, uh, just in the main set. There's actually more in other products. Um, and we just talked about how, you know, uh, Land goes in great detail about a whole bunch of different cards and how we try to bring different characters to life and stuff like that. Uh, so I heartily recommend listening. That, that was super fun. Um, I, I, all the panels, I really had fun with all the panels. Um, they were, they were a joy to do. And, um, I hope you guys have a chance to listen to them. They were very fun. I thought they were each, each had their own, uh, quality to them. And so they were, they were pretty cool. Um, after I did my panel, I had to do some interviews. In fact, uh, after each of my panels, I think I had interviews to do. I think each day I did some interviews. Um, so there's local press, and so I just interviewed different local presses. It's one of my jobs of being at events is uh, there's a certain amount of just um, interviews and stuff to do. So um, I like doing interviews, so it worked out well. Um, also, the other thing was the floor itself got pretty hot because they weren't able to turn it below 80, and there were a lot of people there. Um, our rooms upstairs where the wizards had their own little rooms, uh, there was air conditioning in some of those rooms uh, and fans and things. And so uh, also sometimes I would go up there when I just get real hot to go up there and just cool down for a second. Um, I'll try to think other... Uh, oh, Sunday was also the finals of the Pro Tour. So what they had done was... During the previous days, there were events going on stage. There were panels and stuff like I was doing. But for the second half on Sunday, uh, after the Lord of the Rings panel, they basically opened it up and they brought some pros in to do commentary and they just showed the finals um, and you could watch the finals all day long. And that was a lot of fun. A lot of people there watching that. Um, and uh, it definitely came down to, I, I'm not going to remember the names off the top of my head, but it was a, a kid who was sort of, I, I think it was their first pro tour, playing a veteran who had, you know, who have been playing for a long, long time. Uh, and the kid won in the end. Uh, it was pretty exciting. Um, and it was just, it was, it's fun to see competitive play. Like I said, back in the day, um, I used to be a regular on the Pro Tour. So um, I'm not, it's not something I do now. So I, there, like, there was a, once upon a time, I knew all the names of everybody just because that was my job. And, um, but I'm not as in tune that. It's not that, I have other areas I'm doing now, but uh, it's fun it is fun to see people get excited about professional play. I do think, like, one of the things that makes magic so awesome is there's so many different ways to enjoy magic. In fact, that's one of the things I enjoy about this magic con in general, which is, hey, you like playing commander? There's a commander zone. You can go play it. I didn't mention it before. There's a commander zone outside of the five-color stuff. There's a, a yellow area that's for commander. Um, you want to meet your favorite celebrities? You could do that. You want to watch the Pro Tour? You could do that. You want to go get cool merch? You could do that. You want to watch panels? You want to take pictures in the Lord of the Rings area? You want to go play in events? And there are all sorts of events all weekend long. There's a big prize wall. Um, the way the events work is you get tickets when you win, and then you can use the tickets to turn in to buy stuff at the prize walls. how, how uh, prizes work these days. Um, oh, I forgot. I forgot. One other thing I did on Friday. Uh, the, the after the unevent um, on Friday. Oh no, what's Friday or Saturday? Sorry, on Saturday after. Oh, my signing after my signing on Saturday, I went and played in Gavin's unevent. So Gavin Verhey does this event at Magicons. Uh, the way it basically works is um, it's an event. It varies from event to event. It's always different, uh, and Gavin always mixed in some brand new cards that he makes for the event. Uh, so this event. You got a bunch of packs of Lord of the Rings. 
I'm sorry. No, no, no. You got a bunch of packs of of Commander Masters and then one pack, I think, of Lord of the Rings. One or two packs of Lord of the Rings. And then you made a Commander deck, uh, although uh, it's limited Commander, so it's 60 cards, uh, not 100. Um, you make a Commander deck and then you go play. It's one-on-one. Uh, so I played three rounds. I went undefeated. Um and it was a lot of fun. Uh, I, ma- I made a very aggressive deck. Normally, Commander, uh, aggro doesn't work. But it's one-on-one. It does work. So uh, my Commander was... Uh, I don't remember the name. It's, it's the red-white... It's a red-white legendary creature that whenever a human enters the battlefield, target creature gets double strike, I think, to end a turn. Um, anyways, very good. And... I had numerous opponents. I think I won on the fourth or fifth turn in a bunch of games. I had a very aggressive deck. So, um, anyway, so I, I did that uh, on Saturday. Um, trying to think. The the other fun things was um, in the morning before I came to the event, uh, the hotel we stayed in had a gorgeous breakfast. So I had a big breakfast. And, and then I get to interact with all the people that are the hotel, which is Wizards folk and people we brought in and stuff. So that was in the morning before I got to the event. I got to do that. Um, and all in all, I mean, I, I just want to say that I, I had a really good time. I, I love Magicons. Um, it's fun to see all the different aspects of Magic. It's fun to interact with the players. It is fun. Uh, like I said, I, I don't think I would want to live my life where... Like the 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 sorry, Magic Cons to me are the idea of what celebrities really like. Where at Magic Con, you know, everybody wants my signature and take my picture, and like I I get the sense of being a celebrity. Now I'm not like that in normal life, so it like for three days it's kind of fun. If that was all my life all the time, I could see why that would be it. It, it, it could be tiring at times. I, I for three days is super fun, and I I love meeting people, and I love you know it's 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 fun to sign your your name and get your picture taken if it's not. You know, you're just trying to shop at the at the grocery store or something. Um, but anyway, had a great time. Barcelona was a lot of fun. Um, uh, the food was good and the people were great. And it was just a really awesome time. And so um, I'm not going to go to Las Vegas uh, just because I, I only get to do so much traveling. And uh, I, I picked Philadelphia and, Magic, uh, and Barcelona for my two Magicons this year. Um, but I'm looking next year to figure out which ones I'm going to next year. So hopefully uh, I'll see some of you at a different MagicCon. Uh, if you've never been to a MagicCon, uh, like I said, they're magic conventions. the best way to think of it. And there's a lot of different factors going on. So whether you want to just play various formats or play some stuff that you can't normally play or watch a pro tour or you know, just intermingle with all sorts of people and maybe meet people that, you know, content creators that you enjoy, uh, it's just it's it's a blast, and so if you've never been to a MagicCon, I will heartily say it's something you should you should do, uh, at least try out. I think you might enjoy it. Anyway, guys, that was my trip to Barcelona. I had a lot. I had a lot of fun. Did a lot. Of, did a lot of things. It was. It was. I was tired. Uh, I definitely at the end of the day I fell asleep easy, uh, but I really enjoyed it. And so that was my trip to Barcelona. Anyway, guys, I can see my desk, so we all know that means means this is the end of my uh, drive to work. So instead of talking magic, it's time for me to be making magic. I'll see you guys next time. Bye-bye.